Hello and welcome to this episode of Star Trek Reliant. I am Duncan Idaho. I am going to be your GM for tonight and all-around tardigrade wrangler. I have a cast of villains with me who will be playing games and not being sent to the Shadow Realm. This includes Rectier, Chief Engineer, Rebas. Yes, I am Rick Tier, and apparently I'm being uh, thrown to the mines this episode because I actually have to do additional <laughs> editing because uh, someone went for a bit long. Yeah, well, someone went for a bit long, you know, in the start and just like, hey, I'm just going to keep, you know, stalling on getting this game started like I'm kind of doing right now. Uh, and then we've also got uh, Nick playing First Officer and Chief Medical Officer Eli O'Connor. You said we're villains today? Oh boy. Uh, I may regret that. Then we've got our con officer, Karjun Ronnie. If this isn't the Shadow Realm, then why is it so dark? We have out. I'm stalling longer. <laughs> Maybe I'll have ideas. <laughs> we've got our man out of time, DB Wells. Hi. That is all. And our security officer, Chorog. By GB. This is Chorog, played by Fire Scum Gaming, and word of advice, watch out for shadows, they move and you're not looking at them. Yes, especially when you're playing a children's card game. Anyway, tonight we cut to the USS Reliant moving out from Starbase Magellan. After spending much time, uh, basically undergoing some light refits, Oh, having some issues with its captain and getting partially assimilated, then a court case, and I think there are bobbleheads involved at some point around here. Um, it's finally getting back underway for some explanation. The ship jumps into warp, the camera pans over to the uh, to Club 42, where various officers are mingling after a long shift, getting the ship back underprepared and underway. Captain has set a destination target, and but not a whole lot is known about the system. M-Class, they're about a little bit of infrastructure, and no single government. That's basically all they know at this point from rumors and other bits of long-range information. The crew may be wondering about what their uh, next assignment is, or just taking the opportunity to relax a little bit after strenuous time getting the ship back ready and cleared for departure. Power sits at the bar. Head down on it. From there, simply passes Kara another another mug. This one's frothing. She, Slightly blue. She she gives a an okay sign, downs the mug, and then just lays back down on the bar. From there, looks at himself and is like, I. Uh, second thought, don't know if that was Romulan whiskey or Windex. I should label things. It's okay. I drink Windex from time to time. Keeps me from streaking. And with that, um, Setsu Jigoro also enters the uh, the uh, bar. Been a bit chipper, a bit lighthearted. She's, you know, junior being junior science officer isn't as loaded down as the other officers, and she just kind of sidles next to Kara and orders a uh, Ibby Spring Brine. Grimnir looks to uh, Setsu and says, Oi! What's this fancy stuff? I mean, it costs an arm and a leg, and if you're going to keep drinking it like this, we're really going to have to get to the captain involved. And I have 
And I'm Scottish. See, this is why Grumpy Old Nerd needs to be here more often, because of the things we accidentally do to his poor characters. We can't do Nordic! <laughs> It's so easy just to drift into something else. So I'm just going to basically take it like um, Skyrim version of Scotty. On the bright side, you're not going full Swedish chef. I no, could. that's what Kara is right now. Okay. So that's a nod and set. Sorry, I know it's a hassle getting this stuff, but I mean, it's really been helping me out lately, so could just keep ordering it and be great. Grimnir sighs and says, Hi. Talking to Graves about it, though. Toffleet only covers my uh, covers so much, and you all don't pay. Kara reaches down into her pocket, pulls out several slips of latinum, puts them on the bar. There. Now we've paid. Oi! That'll do. Buy another couple of bottles, at least. Kara slowly just kind of Rotates her head, changing the way she's laying on the bar to look at Setsa. This is a very deep conversation. Grimnir nods sagely and says, I. I've never heard the Yibby tongue before, but. kind of graceful, isn't it? I'll uh, let you in on a secret. You still haven't. <laughs> Setsa nods, just says, Ah, take it, it was a little rough, uh, rough getting the ship started. Yeah, it's just all the stuff the Admiral's been putting us through. I'm technically one of the more well-trained security people, so I've been running drills on everybody from the lower decks from, well, I was going to say sun up to sundown, but that really doesn't apply here, now does it? No, not as such. I mean, our system has, you know, pretty nice cycles for planets and such, but... Fortunately, I've been a little bit removed from that after I um, injured my instructor somewhat. <laughs> well, that's probably not the end of your troubles. I've heard Riathans are moving into that world we found. Oh, that's, that's fun. I mean, I'm really glad that, you know, through everything, they've been able to find a little bit of, oh, a little bit of a home for themselves. At least a home. Maybe they'll, you know, colonize more. Kara slowly and tiredly gets kind of a wicked smile and says, yeah, they're trying to decide what to name it. I hear one of the finalists is Setsa's world. Setsa's eyes just kind of go wide. She takes a long drink of her wine, looks at the wine again, takes another long drink, says, Is it now? Um, that would be a lot. Yeah, I hear the other one is Mary's world. I like that one. <laughs> Kara slowly just kind of pushes herself off the bar. Well, I'm going to head to the library. I've got some stuff I want to do now that I've got a spare moment. And before all my brain cells die from whatever I just drank. Grimnir nods. I think it definitely wasn't Windex. It also wasn't Robbie and Whiskey. I could investigate if you want, but maybe better you're better off not knowing. Kara staggers out saying, so it wasn't Windex. I guess that explains this urge to take all my clothes off and run around. That's a looks over to the bar, contemplates ordering what Kara just had, but settles in with her wine and just says, Well, um, yeah, I guess I'll be seeing you back at the quarters, or maybe on a mission. I mean, I could be called down to do some exploration. I really hope I get a sleep before yeah. that, but I guess we'll see. She gives kind of a little wave salute as she steps out and 
pads for the library on the ship. We then cut over to Chorog, and either at his quarters or at his duty stage where he currently happens to be. Chorog is sequestered in his quarters. Lights are dim. He's just kind of sitting at a table in his favorite, in his favorite comfortable chair. Assembling and disassembling a disruptor pistol. Is he? It's not. It's not been a pleasant couple of weeks, ever since his injury. I was gonna say, is he chanting obsessively to himself while he does it? Yes. He's beginning to wonder if he's losing his edge. And it's not a good thing for a Noskin pirate to lose his edge. So he's not in all that good of a frame of mind at the moment. He's got his altar lit and. Uh, the altar to the god of the hunt and the god of the raid. He has candles lit. He has the appropriate uh, sacrifice made. And he's just kind of sitting and wondering, well, what, what's he going to do next? This, this should not have happened. There's a ring at the bell, or a ring at the door. The usual boop, boop, boop. Someone requesting entry. It's open. Come in. Graves pops in, says, Hey, um, Chorog, there's something I wanted to talk to you about, but you haven't really been around, and, uh... Wait, are you making an offering? I'm attempting to appeal to the god of the hunt and the god of the raid. I'm I'm pondering if I'm losing my edge. This, this accident should not have happened. I should have seen it coming. Uh, is that the accident with... That's, okay, uh, okay, I, I, I think I see. Um... Yeah, she's he he, he he contemplates trying to make an excuse, but instead says, all right, so let's put it this way. You would want something to help demonstrate that you still have an edge. Some hunt or raid that could potentially put you in good graces again with the deities. You've been among my people. You know how important it is that an Oscan pirate not loses edge. And yes, you're right. I need, I need a raid. I need, I need to go on a raid, and I need to prove to the deities and prove to the gods that I still have my edge. All right. Well, fortunately, we may have some luck for you. We're heading towards a interspecies trading outpost um, called the Bazaar. And the uh, Starbase Maj- or the Alliance Explanation, uh, Exploration Initiative needs some critical materials. This would follow under you know standard trade, so on and so forth. But we have it on contact for some Ferengi traders that, well, some materials along those lines that we need for GM, uh, geranium, stuff like that, was stolen from their vessels. So we're heading out there with the nominal interest of trading, but we could try tracking down some of the stolen loot as well. System doesn't really have much of a centralized authority. Um, security services are very light, so we're kind of free to poke around a little bit. That sounds good to me. As uh, Chorog gingerly gets up. Uh, need any help there? Oh, I'll be fine. I, I just... It's nearly healed. Basically, my 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 garumba has been insulted, and I need to restore my garumba in order to right. be whole again. All right. So uh, let's see. 
Would being paired with sets on this help? Or would that potentially introduce more instances of potential pain? Chalk thought about that for a second. It was my sloppiness and it was my slip that allowed this to happen. I shouldn't have let this happen, but it, but it happened. And I understand that sets it didn't mean it. That was just a, a freak accident, but still, I think it would go a long way to repair a relationship between Seta and myself. And as her instructor, you think that she's ready for a potentially higher stress environment? She's proven herself in the training. I think she's ready. All right. Sounds great there. Um, I'll go ahead and start preparing some duty rosters. Uh, uh, Bryce is going to be taking a little bit of a lead on our major diplomatic effort, chatting with local security services such as what they are. Um, but I'd like to have some other people on the ground taking a look, you know, just say casual look around the other facilities, trying to get a, another way in of potentially locating, uh, Ferengi cargo, which certainly would go a long ways to, um, alleviating, um, supply issues over at Magellan or, I don't know, new deals, you know, other stolen cargo. We'll see what's, uh, of it, uh what we find there. You said the places we're going to is bizarre. Yeah. My memory serves. I've been there once before. We're going to have to keep on our toes. The place is crawling with Orions and Ferocens. Yeah, although it's some of the levels are basically filled with species more from this neck of space over by Starbase Magellan. So, I mean, the Orions and Ferocens have kind of like a monopoly on a little bit of the major, uh, let's just say, the prime real estate there. But where we might have to look is a little bit more down deck, let's just say. Orion's I can handle because I am on I am on good terms with Milani Dion. All I gotta do is drop her name and they'll fall in the line. Frost's on the other hand, they can be a lot to control. Yeah, you know, personally, I wouldn't rely on the Orion Syndicate's reputation out this way. I mean, we are pretty far off, so you might get a little bit more of the pretender side of the um, princess hierarchy. Oh, whatever. Whatever we come across, it's nothing I can't handle. And sets is ready, too. All right. Sounds good. Team you up with some other people as well. And let's get started on this. To be honest, I'm, uh, I'm contemplating going myself. It's been a while since I've been in this kind of environment. Kind of, you know, feels like a little bit, I don't want to say like home, but where I grew up. But if I'm needed on the bridge, I'll be on the bridge. Anything else? I'm ready to go. I just need to... Pick my team, brief them, get the shuttle ready, and we're ready to go. All right. Well, I'm heading back upstairs. Um, if there's anything else that comes up between now and beam down, uh, just send me a com. Understood, sir. Braves Nons proceeds to head out. Charles and... goes over to his small deity shrine, kneels before it, and begins chanting in Nausicaan, asking for the deity's blessing and the deity's forgiveness, hoping that this mission will restore not only his garumba, but, uh, but also his self-esteem. And with that, Grave starts proceeding down the hallway, kind of passing by, passing by Sickbay. He pokes in, looks around. Eli is find not Eli. there. He is not there. He quickly uh, retreats before getting um, noticed by Ged. And as he backs up, runs right into Ged, who is standing behind him. Oi, watch where you're walking. 
Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, just looking for Eli. Yeah, he's not here, as you can tell. Uh, all right. Zort's been using the computer. He taps his comm badge. Computer, uh, location of uh, XO O'Connor. Processing holodeck three or two. Graves nods. All right, gotta go for Good. Get out of my mech bay, or my med bay. You look way too healthy to be here. I know. Sounds good. He he quickly, like, he doesn't quite jog, but he's like, he he, he quickly gets out of, um, out of there before anyone can start talking to him about physicals. And he heads over to holodeck two. Three. Three. Three, so No, it was two. We don't have three holodecks. Yeah, we just have the two. Okay. Three is, three is the ship we have in the other thing. In that case, my hearing is gone tonight. Whatever. He said three at first, but corrected. Yeah, I corrected. Okay, so clearly it was my fault for not listening for the correction. <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> You're on holodeck two at this uh, at the present time. Although, I mean, checkers might be trying to install holodeck three in one of the uh, Jeffrey's tubes. Keep the bees happy. No, that's holodeck two and a half. Okay. Is it's holodeck? Looks around. He does he go inside before like. Does he, like, check before he walks in? I'm gonna say no! Oh, no. Well, he, um, he walks he, in and he starts falling. Graves is just like, ah. God damn it. He doesn't, like, react like, oh, no, I'm falling. It's just like, ah, all right. He sees it's planes around. buzzing around, firing at each other. Ah, uh, Graves says, computer, freeze, uh, stop my uh, fall. My position here. He stops falling. He just Graves just kind of, yeah. Graves kind of just takes a seat, like in midair, and just just watches the planes. Yep, they're planes. What do you want me to say? Are they dog? Are they dog fighting? Oh yeah, one hundred percent around. Okay, so one hundred percent dog fighting. What kind of planes are these? World War Two. World War Two planes, not World War One planes. World War Two planes continue buzzing around. Graves eventually <laughs> he has a little bit of a grin and uh, uh, calls uh, calls up a holographic phaser. Kind of just takes aim at one of the planes. It's like, yeah, that's probably not Eli's. And he pulls the trigger. What side is he aiming at? Uh, he's aiming for, well, one of the planes at a distance with a rifle. So I'm going to say he's just aiming at the general plane. No, I mean, like, what what side of the battle? He can't quite tell, so he's looking for the side of the battle that's probably not Eli. So he's going to try to get the one that's under attack. Figuring, eh, Eli's probably winning at this right now. Do you look below you at all, by the way? I mean, he's floating in midair. Yeah, but you're, you're like a couple hundred, if not thousand feet in the air. Yeah, he's like in the clouds. Do you, do you look down? I mean, he has looked down while falling. Ah, oh, true. Not while true. shooting the rifle. Anyway, um, roll to shoot. Okay, so it's going to be security control. And does he have any focuses that would apply? Yeah, I'm going to say no. More time. Two successes. You, you shoot down a plane. It just, it, it just explodes. <laughs> Big fireball. Graves. <laughs> Graves just kind of just starts like... Like, uh, just shooting the phaser in odd directions just to try to uh, grab Eli's attention. Assuming he hasn't been the one that's been shot down. 
Thankfully, he hasn't. Um, um, a couple moments after he explodes a plane, the holodeck goes back to grid, and Eli's standing there in, um, in you know the, the bomber jacket. He, does he have the goggles and the head? Uh, the headpiece. Yes, he one hundred percent does. Graves uh, stands up and says, "Excellent flying, Doctor." I was enjoying the Battle of Britain. Yeah, well, got some fire support there. I do need to talk to you. You, you could have just used the communicator. Why'd you have to do that? I mean, this was more fun. Yeah, but you ruined my high score. You know how many Germans I shot down? You can always try to beat it. I guess. I mean, it's just more excuse to go fly, fly more planes. Um, We are heading towards a rather CD spaceport. And there is a question of who should stay on the ship. Oh, I could stay on the ship, no problem. I, oh, all right, if you if you insist, but I mean, isn't CD your we'll, whole deal anyway? Yeah, it is. But at the same time, I'm captain. Should try to be responsible. Send the first officer on away missions per protocol. All that. Um, uh, oh, do so we have the checkers on board? We do. So, hold on. So, you want to start following protocol when it suits you, when it's not in, when it is your element? This is weird. Well, I, it's just filling out paperwork. Oh, conversation with the Admiral. I do want to try to avoid trouble, at least on the bureaucratic level for right now, at least. Or, I don't know, just as I'm getting higher in rank. Feels like I should be doing more to be conventional, let's just say. He's been working so far, back in command, just don't want to push things right now. But I mean, you read history you books, right? Mm, not as much. Basically, every Starfleet captain, you know, goes down. They don't follow directive. They, they go down. The Academy was always on insisting, and basically insisting we step up as, like, once we get to First Officer, we should try to protect the captain. Anyway... If you're fine with me going down, I'm happy going down. I'll take Chuckers with me. We should be fine. Just wanted to run this by you one-on-one -on -one before I committed to anything. I mean, if you really want me to go down, if you don't want to go down, fine, I'll go down. I do want to go down. <laughs> All right, then go down. Okay, 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 I'll go down. Um, yeah. Also, I just realized this is a bad double entendre. I have two. Especially as Sets I, is going. Um, I have been very specifically not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Graves says, okay. Uh, I'm going to go get prepped for that. Uh, change into something that's not quite as shiny. And, well, I mean, we'll be arriving tomorrow morning. So it'll yeah. be fine there. But I should at least prep up. Go do the voodoo that you do so well. Should I bring a sword? Um... As long as you have a gun, too. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I kind of want to go down now. Go. I want to I see you. I don't bring the sword. Will you stay on the bridge? I mean, we could always put someone else on the bridge. Just first officers go with their captains a lot. You know. Okay. Uh, I'll put... Uh, give Carl the bridge. on the bridge. Oh, our minds went in completely different directions. Yeah. I, I don't know. Car has been under a lot, maybe getting off the ship and doing a little bit of touristy stuff while we're, um, I'm going to say slumming it, but dealing with the problem I don't, might be good for, I don't know. I'll have to talk well, to I was going to well, say, right I, now, I, now. I personally believe that leaving her charge to the ship shows that we trust her, and that, that, that could also be good for her. Okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and talk to, uh, talk to her about it. And, 
yeah, so I'll let you get back to fighting the Germans, and I uh, won't no, shoot down go for anymore. A drink now. Okay. Uh, I think Seth is still over the uh, at um, Club Forty Two. You know, I almost did Starfighter stuff. This I, I thought this would be more fun. I think I would have liked space more. I mean, I mean, it still looked like you're having fun. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It was fun, but okay. Maybe take care of with the uh, space battle stuff. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, I'm gonna go get a drink, then make go back to this. Alright, I'll either go make Kara's day a little bit easier or harder. We'll see. Alright, have fun! Graves heads out and um, asks the computer, uh, computer, location of Kara Junrani. Eli grins evilly to himself as Graves leaves, then goes to the drink place. Club 42, that's it. Processing. Location of Kara Junrani. Library. Deck 14. Graves nods. All right, library it is. He heads down to deck 14, passing by D.B. Wells on the way. Hi. Graves, n- Graves nods casually like, Hey, Daniel, uh, how's it going? It's all right. Uh, well, see ya. And Daniel starts to walk away. Hey, you want to go see an alien space station? Another one? Uh, yeah, um, another one. Uh, this one has more shops. Uh, sure. Okay, great. Uh, just doing a little more hands-on captaining right now. Just checking in about away missions rather than just assigning people. Just seems, with everything being a little bit more fraught, just a little more hands-on time seems ideal. So, great. Um, I gotta go talk to Kara, but we'll, uh, I'll put you on the duty roster tomorrow. Oh, so it's tomorrow? Tomorrow morning, yeah. We'll be arriving. Okay, good. I was busy today. Great. Um, see you later. At this point, the camera cuts down to the library where Kara is. Graves enters. Looks around. Kara is busy, you know, at the console. Computer, activate librarian program. Graves steps forward and... At about the time he steps forward, he almost runs into the forming holographic image of a small blonde man with glasses who looks very bookish. Kara turns to... Go ahead. He, he, he moves to step around the librarian hologram. You step around the librarian program. Kara turns to the librarian. Computer, uh, cross-reference name of organization Conclave with high technology, low historical information, and display results. The results are displayed with a little bit of an uh, initial prompt for uh, Kara's security clearance. After those credentials are given, a small little file appears which details a little-known group of Romulans called the Zat Vash, which apparently were instrumental in forming the Tal Shiar, and also had a long litany of unfortunate incidents involving the attempted uh, destruction of sentient life, both in the Romulan Star Empire as was later deduced, but also the ascent attack on Mars and the consequences that followed. Kara's just reading over this. If she knows Graves is there, she hasn't bothered reacting. Graves uh, clears his throat. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look up. Um, so we're going to have another away mission tomorrow morning, and I want to check with you first before putting you on a potential duty roster for that. Yeah, things have I known been a little stressful lately. Do you need anyone shot? Um, possibly. Well, then you might want me. 
Okay. Um, Sets is going down. Chorog. Um, Rick, I'm going down. And I think Eli's going down now. So we're going to be giving the uh, bridge over to Larissa. And wait, wait. Kara just kind of stops and looks dead ahead and has a thousand yard stare. Are you sure about that? <sighs> Had a conversation with Eli about it. He says I should be going down and it'll be fine for him to accompany, but... No, 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 not that. I, <sighs> I don't know. Waitley. Oh, I mean, he's second officer, but... Yeah, I kind of see what you mean there. Um, yeah, I can more or less just put Larissa on it. That might be best. Rubs his shoulder. All right. So I've looked yeah. into some of the stuff that Romulan was saying last time. Looks like this is a group oh, of just generally oh. bad news, which makes it all the weirder that they didn't seem hostile that time. I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit more going on to them than we thought. Well, I did ask the computer to cross-reference with low information groups, so I don't know. Maybe what I'm seeing here is mostly propaganda, but if it's historical... I don't know, maybe they've turned over a new leaf or something, but this is complicated. If we run into these people again, it might be best to get them to answer some questions. We are going to an unaffiliated trade station that's not too far from Wachagra. If the, this conclave is operating in this space, then maybe there's going to be some traces there. Well, that makes it worth the price of admission. All right, Captain, you got yourself a left-hand woman. All right, sounds great. Um, yeah, so we'll apportion teams uh, a little bit later, but for right now, just get the best nice sleep you can, and um, yeah, just be ready to um, go have some fun tomorrow. I'll thank the void. Sleep. She salutes and heads out, and then she pokes her head back in. Oh, right, computer and librarian program. There's nods. Sends a uh, uh, notification to Rick Deer that they'll need some engineering expertise on the away mission tomorrow. And he heads off his, to his own quarters for bed. Uh, as the uh, notification gets over, uh, we dash over to engineering for a bit. Uh, there is um, piles, uh, there is like uh, packets of dry spaghetti that are just sort of um, standalone, um, like, like just sort of stacked uh, in an area and they're having what I'm calling a spaghetti rodeo, which is basically trying to create like bridges or specific and solving specific engineering problems, but with only fragile spaghetti as the main uh, element, uh, the main structural element of everything they're doing. So uh, that is currently going on. Um, while Rick here is mainly also um, uh, checking on uh, Oakley, um, EPS systems and all stuff, sort of sort of multitasking as as engineering is having a little bit of a bit of a break um, momentarily. Anyway, are there any prizes given out to the one with the strongest uh, spaghetti bridge? Uh, I haven't thought about prizes. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's just going to be, um, be bragging rights. Like there, there's a little, uh, like, uh, uh, um, there, there's three different medals made out, medals, quote unquote, that are actually made out of spaghetti that Rick Tear has already made. 
and and they're they're the prizes. Are they going to like leave up the winning bridge somewhere in engineering? Uh, yes, like, there, yes, there will be a display, um, sort of um, uh, like a various platform with a gap like in the middle of it as the bridge stands over it. Um, oh yay! So uh, anything else? In- uh, that? Yeah, so so as that finishes, Rick T hand, hands out the medals and uh, a bit of uh, group bonding, and uh, he gets a message and, and just sends back in a quick acknowledgement uh, for going to bed. All right, I'm going to have you roll for the crew um, based on this is a team building exercise. And go ahead and just roll an, um, a presence engineering roll. For camaraderie around this engineering task. Let me just double check my uh, presence. Okay. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't quite catch with the parameter function. There we go. Only one success. One success, but no complications. So basically, your crew is able to maintain their high spirits, and you keep the sort of you know auto success bonus that you get for performing engineering tasks with the crew. And with so, that yay. sorted, we uh, we can move on. Yep. So crew settles in for the night. Everyone tucks in, and we have yeah starting of a new dawn as the Reliant comes into or drops out of warp towards a. Uh, rather, uh, rather Spartan star system. It only has a few planets. A uh, couple of those are, you know, the big, uh, big gas giants. And while well, I stall for time, looking for a, screen, <laughs> for a particular screenshot, um, the crew gets notifications about the um, about the impending away mission. They're um, given a general list of potential health complications that can come along with this kind of mission. Kind of standard Starfleet fare for a risk assessment protocol. And they're just encouraged not to uh, eat any uncooked food, anything that is um, moving, or anything that appears to have been tampered with. They're also advised to be careful about respirators, and in general, try not to exchange bodily fluids with any of the people that are on this station. And don't lick the doorknobs. The station itself is a series of hexagonal rings in a sort of a stacked arrangement. So you have an interior hexagonal ring connected to an exterior hexagonal ring, and this is sandwiched between two different levels. The levels themselves have a lot of haphazard development um, attached to them, just modules, docking platforms, cargo sections, um, also a few security turrets as well, but these don't appear to be very well maintained. There's a small fleet of uh, civilian ships moving about the area, with some larger liners moving through as well. Graves is on the bridge. They get a hail from the uh, main station. And a little uh, rather prim-looking uh, woman in a uh, gray, armor, uh, gray armored uniform uh, clears her throat and says, I... USS Reliant of the United Federation of Planets, you have, of course, been cleared... For entry into the system to investigate the lost cargo of your associates, as well as to make general inquiries about your supply station needs. 
These have been cleared by the magistrate, and I have no objections to this as well. I will speak to your representative once they arrive. Do not waste my time further. Draves nods and says, I will endeavor not to do that, and try to keep things as calm as possible. The woman just clicks the channel off, and Graves turns to Eli, who is also on the bridge. That he is. Says, all right, I think we're clear for a landing. Um, let's see. Uh, any, uh, any thoughts about how we should distribute the weight team? All at one, two and two. Um, two and two. Okay. So, let's go ahead. Um, uh, uh, you, me, and uh, Rick will go ahead and take the kind of the main scenic route, while DB, um, Chorog, Setsa, and Kara will take the less scenic route. Kara stands up and starts heading to the terrible left. After the hail that they got, she just kind of mutters under her breath, I'm definitely going to get it to shoot something today. Uh, Lieutenant Moon takes over. Uh, Larissa takes uh, the command, uh, captain's chair with a nod to Graves, and Graves says, all right, don't crash the ship, and uh, we'll scream if we need any assistance. Larissa gives a jaunty salute, and the group uh, is free to proceed to the transporter room. Car has arrived there first with a phaser rifle slung over her shoulder. I still need to get a phaser. Car... Oh, is that is Eli there? Did he say that, or is that out of character? I thought we were, I thought we were already there. Okay, well I'm gonna call that in character. Car just points down the hallway. There's an armory down there. No, I mean a personal fit. That's what I meant, a personal one. Okay, well I got this one from the armory, so. Trog walks in, dressed in his usual raiding attire, armed as usual, two destructor pistols, and a knife tucked into his back. We'll need just a moment <laughs> for, for for what that has. Uh, DB, Rick? Uh, Rick's just uh, bringing along his engineering kit and uh, uh, Santa Top 2 Phaser. Um, got various, like, uh, computer dongle things for interacting with various kinds of different computer systems since we don't know what... Uh, what the actual systems are on board the station. DB. Uh, am I saying what I'm bringing, or...? Yeah, just describe. Are you dressed in your uniform? Do you have any special equipment? How are you rolling into this? Uh, Daniel just kind of shows up in the regular uniform. Doesn't really... Uh, just shows up in the regular uniform uh, with... A big wad of notes, just kind of attached to a clipboard, uh, and other than, and other than that, he's just kind of there. Setsa arrives in a flowing, in a flowing teal gown with weird geometric things at her shoulders and a giant ornate hat, with a large broad brim, and she just sidles over to Car and says, "Whoa, hello, hello." I'm glad you could assist me, Lady Girl, on our ever so delightful tour of this charming station. Kara's left eye twitches, but she simply seems to push whatever it is down and simply says, Of course, ma'am. Mm, very good. We are representing a, uh, that formal itty, uh, itty house in. Uh, well, you should call it a pleasant cruise, but we are here for 
quite stern diplomatic reasons, are we not? We should help mingle. She kind of goes blank there for a second, just kind of running through the character and just... Feels a little bit silly, but kind of keeps rolling with it. Kara just takes a moment to look. She's armed for bear. Chorog's armed for bear. Daniel has a clipboard. Setsa has a hat. Yeah, we're fully equipped. And it wasn't asked, but Eli has his knife shoes and only that right now. Yeah, but you're in the other group of, like, Rick and the captain, and theoretically, maybe you guys are prepared. <laughs> Graves has a uh, uh, heavy-duty phaser, uh, compression phaser pistol, as well as his Nausicaan sword. Eli's got the knife shoes, and he's in the first contact uniform, because that's the best one. Graves is kind of in a, um, a, a kind of a dark gray uh, leather jacket with a uh, black button-down shirt and black trousers. Uh, Rick's, uh, Rick's actually in his uh, in Sierra. His, his uh, uniform. It's a bit uh, bit older school in terms of the uniform. The 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 transporter, the poor transporter officer. Um, they look at the group. I look look to uh, Graves and says, "Sir, are you ready to beam down?" Car just kind of mechanically and turns her head to Graves and says, "Well, sir." Graves sighs. Huh, suppose so. Um, yeah. Again, just try to figure out um, as much as we can. Try to supply, get some pergium, duranium if we have to barter for it. Otherwise, we're on our lookout for a little bit of a smuggling operation. Do we know what they smuggled? Uh, pergium. Uh, Frankie, we're trying to sell it over here. Uh, and then uh, it got stolen. Then presumably shipped off. I have no idea what that is, but I bet my tricorder does. Well, it's a mineral. It's useful for making certain alloys. All right, uh, goes and steps on the transporter pad. Chorog says, as soon as we get down there, my team, we're going to a quick briefing. I'll give you a good heads up of what we're up against down there. Aye, sir. Okay, so how do we, how do we buy things? Uh, Graves, um, uh, holds out a, um, uh, holds up his data pad. Um, he says, all right, maybe let's, let, let me give you a little bit of an introduction here. So we are in the Federation. We don't use money internally, but we do need to trade with other cultures. This kind of takes on a barter system where we build up a little bit of a credit and then things get complicated. Right now, um, the USS Reliant has access to gold plus ratinum through relations that we have with the Ferengi. Transfer that via accounts with this data pad. Access it, and he goes through a list of like, okay, here's what you do. Here's how you transfer stuff from one person to another. Here's what to do if you're having trouble accessing the computer systems. But given that this is closer to Alliance space, this isn't too far off. But he says, okay, all those fails though, just ask someone else to help you. They wait him. Okay. Uh, Kara gets get a. Good? Kara gets a bing on a on a data pad as as Rick sends her a little data packet uh, about all the various uses of perdium and things that it could be in uh, a potential uh, results from the uh, stealing. Kara blinks, looks it over. Passes it directly to Setsa. 
Setsa takes it, looks down, says, Oh, I didn't know they used it for bullion cosmetics. And that grave says, All right, let's go ahead and get down there. And with that, let's go ahead and take a five to ten minute break. All right. The crew beams down into, well, the receiving area of the bazaar. The station itself basically starts bathing you with a bunch of, bunch of antimicrobial compounds while a loudspeaker voice says, We thank you for choosing the bazaar. This is the port of call for the entire Prescar sector. We invite you to ensample our wares, enjoy the people, and have an experience. Violence is though we do understand when exigencies require it. We ask you to be respectful in those you have dealings with. Thank you again for choosing the bazaar for your patronage. And then with that, the doors open up into, well, it's rather seating looking area. It's just a main concourse. You have a bunch of other receiving areas emptying out into this and into kind of the station proper as it starts to spiral around uh, around the hexagonal pattern. There's an upper walkway as well. And yeah, just a lot of potential stuff to check out. Graves leads the group over to an information terminal and says, all right. So, group A, that'll be me, the good doctor, and I'm gonna pause for a second. Rick Tier. <laughs> Sorry, I had to remember the assignments real quick. Okay. So Grove says, me, the good doctor, and Rick Tier, we're gonna go ahead and check over to this nightclub here. I'd recommend the rest of you um, check out this um, shopping area, but we'll be passing by a few stalls on the way. Um, any concerns or questions? I just kind of naturally drifts over to Setsa, but she is not raising her hand this time. Uh, Rick just shakes his head. Uh, so, are we looking out for anything in particular? Well, that's kind of the problem here. We've got a pretty wide remit of needing supplies for Starbase Magellan. Trying to track down if anything is happening uh, systematically with uh, stolen goods. And there's also another matter that Kara is looking into as well, per one conclave. These are the Romulans we encountered back on uh, Uchagra. If you find anything along those lines, great. If you happen to just find stuff you want to buy, that's also great. We're kind of just fishing out here, so... I don't know, just do your best. This sounds a lot like the time we were on Rise and told there would be a contact. Um, no, fortunately we're not meeting anyone like Ross here. He wasn't the contact. That was the worst part. Hmm. All right, no, um, yeah, we're not meeting with anyone right here. We just, yeah, the Alliance just doesn't know enough about the station to really make any concrete plans. So that's kind of also what we're doing out here, just building bridges, trying to establish more relations, and, yeah, doing the usual stuff with business with that, but with an eye towards the objective previously mentioned. So, in other words, we're doing a recon, and if we happen to find the paramecium or whatever, that's just bonus. Right, sir? Right on. Okay. Graves nods and says, all right, then. Well, good luck, and again, communicate if you need to. Sets of uh, turns and says, yes. All right, uh... Our grand entourage, let us proceed over to the shopping. Lady Jigoro demands that we spend some time amusing ourselves, as this is a most delightful location, and I am indeed amused by this quaint station. I mean, back in the IOD, we wouldn't let deck plating like this. Oh, you can feel the gravitational fluxes. Tut, tut. 
Perhaps we can teach the locals something about proper station construction. Car is inwardly calculating exactly how long until that attitude of Setsa's results in <laughs> someone getting shot. Fortunately, Setsa has big guns next to her. Clearly, she just wants to indulge Chorog and Kara. Probably. Uh, Chorog speaks up. Oh, well, you, the shopping is all fine and dandy. We have a mission to accomplish here. We need to find out where this, missing in, where this missing items are at. Setsa, you go with Kara. See what you can dig up. So you will be taking... There are Ferocens on this station. Do not make eye contact with them. That They consider that a direct challenge to their personal authority. Kara, as she starts to walk off with Setsa, simply says, what if I go pss, 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 and go, here, kitty, kitty? I mean, if you want to get razor clawed, that's your business, but I prefer not to have to mop you up with a mop you up with a sponge when you're when they're done with you. Um, if I might interject, um the captain did assign us as a group of four, and we also need to consider our friend D.B. Wells. He is a most charming advocate for the so-called humans. And la Lady Jagoro requests well, we have an imposing presence as we try to find these materials. Traders may be most amenable, especially if uh, lured into some complacency by, shall we say, an inbred noble adults. We need to start with the junk dealers and work our way up. They're the best. The junk dealers are where we're going to get their best information. Car at this point is staring at her rifle and wondering if the person that she's going to shoot is herself. Um, but yeah, I, I do will reiterate here. Um... Graves did assign Chorog to the group of four. So I would not recommend splitting up, especially as I would have to manage three separate things. And I want to keep this a little bit more compact. Right now, at least. See how things go. All right. All right. Oh, you come with me. We're going to start with the seedy junk shops and work our way up the food chain. For the record, milady, I do believe that Chorog is correct. I... Yes, let's, let us proceed, let us proceed through the junk shops and, oh, maybe we can get some toilet decor there. Oh, yes, that would be splendid. I see the good lady is getting into her slumming it, as it were. Very Chorg much at so. this point is focusing his eyes upward and saying, and muttering to himself, Noskin, you're really tempting me. You're really testing me, aren't you? Yes, indeed. So, the, uh, um... So that particular group is able to find a junk shop pretty easily. It's basically junk shop city. Once they um, head down one quarter, take another left, open up into a larger shopping area, and it's basically just a large hangar filled with junk stall, uh, junk stalls. Trog does a quick scan of the room and spots a rather seedy-looking Orion with rather shifty eyes and appears rather nervous with all the with his array of junk that he has. There's our first stop. Okay. Walks up to the Orion junk dealer. Welcome to my little booth. Cut the crap, Orion. We're looking. We're looking for recently traded items. You know anything about uh, any scrap uranium that's been coming through here lately? Relatively new. And don't try to lie to me because I know when you're lying. I I don't know anything about it. Trog quickly pulls out. Trog quickly pulls out his knife, buries it in the table. Why is it I don't believe you? Okay, okay. Setsa, 
sets a, holds up a finger and says, oh, my good Chorog, lay off the man. We are here as noble representatives of the Ivy Alliance, and we are here under my own personal authority, Lady Setsa Unalajigoro. I will, well, first off, apologize to you, good sir. My fellow is somewhat aggravated of late. We are here for an important contract, but I'm afraid some of our precious duranium was stolen. Stolen, I say. I, I, I know about I know about duranium, but it, I, I'd rather talk to the big man. Rather talk to the big man? Am I not a delightful flower who's waltzed into your realm? Uh, no, no offense, lady, but you're not exactly the intimidating type. Now him, I'm scared of. Very well, Shrug. Kara looks over at him. If you're scared of him, shouldn't you want to talk to her instead? I'd rather talk to him. Okay, well, I shall. Well, ah, I see, I see, good man, what you are implying there. Well, would you like some alone time with my dear butler? Kara, at this point, just starts cracking up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. I mean, we are on a long mission, and I would not ask that my dear Jorg... Give up the carnal pleasures just, well, while we are engaged here. I myself have had several dalliances with a stable boy, a security officer, and a rather peculiar-looking bucket. And with that, I shall leave you be, and we shall go find some other types of amusements. I'm fine. Daniel, Daniel follows them away <laughs> and just pats Chorog on the back saying, Go get him, tiger. <laughs> Charles rubs his temple. <laughs> Don't mind them. They're yeah, they're just that. Now you can try to. Uh, I'll, I'll 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 throw in. You can try to pass off Setsa as clinically insane. Um, you sure she's, she's not? not? She, she she took a bump on the head during training. She's blacked out of her brain. Ignore her. Yeah, she seems like that. There's something not right about that one. Yeah, it's a long story. I'm not getting into it. Back to the geranium. What do you know about it? There was a, there was a shipment of scrap geranium come through here it's the, the other day. I, I I looked at some. I took a small sample just to look. But I've not sold anything of it yet. Let me look at it. The Orion places the small piece of scrap geranium on the Table Trog scans it with his built-in scanner on his mask. Yeah, this is what I'm looking for, all right. Where'd the rest of it go? Frankie took it. I don't know where he went. Start remembering. Kara calls over his shoulder. Are you kidding? It's probably Modern again. It wasn't. It didn't go by Modern. It wasn't him. I I don't deal with Modern. He's a crook. I, I don't. I don't like him. Kara, let, me think, let me think, let me think, before, before you dismember me, let me think. Kara blinks, remembers that he's dealing in stolen goods, thinks back to the fact he just called Modern a crook, and just goes a little cross-eyed and goes back to her own world. Uh, Pax, his name is Pax, uh, that, that's his name. Rather, rather robust little Ferengi, he, he eats well. Good, a name, that's a starting point. Thank you for your information. As Trog turns to leave, he notices a rather curious-looking weapon poking out of a, one of the junk dealer's crates. Trog picks up the weapon and looks at it. Where'd you get this? 
And I've never seen one of these before. I, I found it on a I found it on a wrecked ship. I mean, it's a, some kind of it's coming a disruptor weapon. I don't know what it is. It doesn't work. Oh, I'm sure I can make this baby work. I like the look of this thing. How much for it? Oh, ten bars of latinum. Trog. Ah, that too stiff. Trog pulls out a couple of power cells and five strips. I'll give you this for it. All right, I'll take it. I can always use power cells. Trog bags the weapon. And then goes to try to find where Setsa has wandered off to. Setsa and Kara are standing in front of something that looks like somebody just moved a satellite indoors. They're both staring at it. The, uh, the entity speaks. Would you like to engage us in our services? Kara blinks. What services do you offer? Sorry, I, I just lost the voice there for a second. This assemblage offers navigational arrays, maps, astronomical projections, and modeling services. We can chart you the most stable course through this region of the galaxy. And the fee towards other galaxies. Kara Coxerhead, know anything about the local races? Or just astronomical we know. data? We know several things about local races. Such as the Benoit, which are flightless birds that have evolved the ability to squawk at pitches beyond normal hearing. This makes communication difficult for other races. We offer translation services towards those Benoit. Do you know of a group called the Conclave? The Conclave has been wanted by station security for 89 cycles. I see. She goes ahead and puts some slips of latinum into a deposit slot on it and says, Thank you, Sue. Thanks, Space Bucket. You've been real helpful. We thank you for this exchange. Kara just kind of looks over at Setsa. Well, that gives me something to go on. Also, bird people. Trog finds where everybody else is at as a I have I have a name we can work off of. And I have a group we can work Setsa. off of. But I'm betting they're different. Setsa looks between the two. And says, Hi, we had the most charming conversation with our dear uh, space bucket here. And she starts, like, visibly kind of looking between the two, like, oh, I, I, I might have said something earlier that may be somewhat compromising. At least not in a intel sense, but as a personal sense. She just kind of looks around and just says, all right, well, it's a great character. Um, Chorog, what did you find? After I spoke with our friend over there, I have the name of a Ferengi junk dealer to whom the scrap uranium was sold to. We can find him. All right. We can possibly track down more information. Well, following your lead okay. might give me someone from my lead. I was talking with Space Bucket here. She jerks a thumb at the satellite-looking thing and learns something about the local species. Also found out that the Conclave is wanted by station security. And if we're going after a smuggler, sooner or later we're going to run into someone from station security. Yeah, if I could make a friend with station security, that, that would help us quite a bit. Friend, informant, eh, I'm good either way. That's an odd, since it looks to, um, uh, looks to DB and says, oh, Mr. Wells, um, do you wish to, uh, let us say, um, be our next, um... Well, besides... 
Oh, she sighs and says, All right. Um, as we talk to station security, I think we might need uh, a little bit of a change of pace. Um, just because, just say, hey, do you know about this, you know, particular thorn on their side? You might be into it, like, or, or in on the deals. So, I don't know, maybe we try to set ourselves up as a bit vulnerable and try to, you know, catch someone trying to predate on Reliant? Car, thanks for a minute. How about we try legitimate business? Basically, right, we just have business. someone pose as wanting to buy the duranium. I mean, we kind of do anyway. It's not... That's an odds. I think you oh. would be well suited for that. Well, Sensei, you seem to look the most legitimate, legitimate out of all of us. How about you pose as the buyer and just wear your associates and muscle? I could be muscle. Very well, very well. Uh, DB will be my um, accountant. Uh, you two will be my butlers and muscle. And yes, let us see what we can find. Just then, as they were talking, a rather odd-looking... Droid or robot comes out, hovering past them with a rather strange announcement. Eat recycled food for a healthy tomorrow. Eat recycled food <laughs> for a healthy tomorrow. Boy, that thing's I let in here. Um, with that, the camera shifts over to the uh, group of Rick, um, Eli, and Graves. They are walking through... A higher class of trading area, but still with plenty of shops with uh, some glass displays, but still a lot of things on racks and just sort of piled into the limited space available for traders. So do you think they'll uh, let us access the computer systems to see some, something better a, a uh, judge? I don't think directly, but we can try to sneak something in. Graves points to the public uh, information terminals. Those are kind of our best bet there, but if we want anything a little bit more sensitive, we're going to have to get creative. Right. Uh, so, we'll see what's available publicly. That may give us uh, an idea of at least where to go um, in terms of accessing more protected information and perhaps uh, where to look. Maybe what to look for in there as well. Right. Graves nods and says, um, the local nightclub is where I was steering us towards. Um, let's just say if there's any security vulnerabilities on the station, it's probably going to be there for people to get deals done without station oversight. We might be able to find a loophole there. Or even an informant. Right. Price. Well, uh, Rick will head over there and access the terminal and see what he can find in terms of records, in terms of like movement, any records of Mm -hmm. selling of things like anyone dealing with um, the kind of minerals or metals or stuff that we're, we're looking for. So for right now, this, uh, the group is still walking towards the nightclub area. We're still passing by the shops. Okay. Nick. Nick. Yo. You're, we're passing by shops. Do you see anything of interest? I don't know. Do I? Uh, I'm not going to make you roll for it. We're passing by a weapon shop that does seem to have quite a bit of variety, and also, you know, it just looks pretty fancy, pretty interesting. Some things that you don't recognize, some things that you do, modified disruptors, classic phaser weapons. Hey, Wanna check that out. Yeah, let's, let's go. It's, not, it's like, all right, I'm in. As, um, as, um... Uh, I was thinking about a contact NPC. <laughs> I think it'd be a little. You know, no, screw it. Let's screw it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it's it. It's Hazra, isn't it? 
No, no, it's not. It's a different one. All right. So as they come in, there's a large Gorn um, at the station, or at the uh, sort of main merchant station. And he kind of notices that there's a little bit like, there's kind of sounds of chirping and kind of like hissing around. And it dawns on them that this isn't just a weapon store, it's also a pet shop too. And the Gordon says in a sort of big throaty voice, Hello there, would you like a cuddly lizard thing? And it, it, it holds up a small lizard and it's wriggling and it attempts to bite whoever is closest. I think we're just here for the guns. Ah, guns, we have two. We are the most upstanding pet shop in the entire galaxy. We offer protection and things to protect. Uh, actually, I might be in interested in, in the uh, lizard. The lizard is a small green, uh, well, lizard. It's of a kind of a standard galactic type, although it does have a few frills around the cheeks and at the top of the head. That give it a little bit more personality. Hey, buddy, and he'll start uh, trying to, you know, to sort of play with it a little bit, allowing it to just to, like, take it... little nibbles and patting it a bit and sort of introducing himself. It basically attaches its... It's, it's not very big. Uh, basically, it just chomps onto his finger, but not hard. It's just sort of hanging on there. Well, he's... Well, Rick's browsing that part of the store. Um, Eli, you see a 23rd century phaser, but, well, I mean, the emitter looks upgraded, but the most notable feature is that it has a kind of a carved dark, almost like a cherry handle and stock to it. It looks extremely classic, extremely well um, oiled and cared for, as a little plating at the bottom just in alien script, presumably for the, well, artisan who made this particular weapon. Which one is that from the ones that I posted? <laughs> uh, 23rd century phaser, take your pick. It has a cherry oak um, handle, more or less, that has been intricately carved and styled and inlaid with metal plating that matches the rest of the phaser. Eh, what else we got? God damn it. <laughs> that was my big one! Listen, I love wood on uh, guns, uh, but I, I don't think wood on a phaser. Ah, uh, you don't want to go for the classic cowboy phaser? No. Okay, so you also find an assortment of additional uh, weapons and also a very peculiar looking phaser rifle. It's kind of a, almost got a shark profile to it. Um, interesting phaser rifle. Graves nods like, yeah, looks custom. Yeah, um, he looks to the store person. Um, what are the specs on this? This rifle, uh, let's see, let's see. I normally deal in the cuddly lizard things. My wife, oh, well, she takes care of most of the, uh, duty things. This cuddly lizard duty thing, this has a top-class phaser emitter. It has been well cared for, and it is silver. I mean, yes, I could see that, thank you. Rips nods like, you want to buy Sure, but I'm also looking for a pistol, so... I mean, keep looking around. And I'll leave it up to you for which pistol you find. Running short on time here. <laughs> Fine, let's go with... Let's say the, the one with the cherry wood or whatever it was grip is the discovery phaser. Okay. I'll go with that. Alright, so you got a pistol, you got a rifle. Uh, Rick, do you have a cuddly lizard thing? I, I do have a cuddly lizard thing. Uh, so you're going to adopt the cuddly lizard thing. I'm going to adopt the cuddly lizard thing. Yay, it's, you have it, adopted one cuddly <laughs> lizard thing. 
So the pet owner uh, describes the Karen feeding of the cuddly lizard thing. Says, you must feed it once a day, although it can go five days without food or other sustenance. Although happy petting makes for happy cuddly lizard petting, er, lizard things. The cuddly lizard thing also prefers warm environments, although is bred and engineered to tolerate a wide variety of habitats and conditions. If you should want more cuddly lizard things, they also may be breedable as well, but we sell those on a subscription plan. Males. I think um, just one for now is will be good, thank you. And uh, we'll do whatever payments. You've got payments. You also get a small little carrier for a kind of little lizard thing, which also is kind of this kind of a small box unit that you can attach to your belt. It's not a very big lizard thing, but you can keep it with you um, quite handily. Well, whatever you do, don't press the red button on the box. <laughs> He's, he's already got plans going in his mind for some modifications to his room, but like a little like light, like terrarium kind of setup that allows uh, with with, um, with with tracks, but also um, allowing it to to have a bit of like free roaming time as well. So he's already plotting up uh, designs in his head for that. Hey, have a name for it yet? Um, I'm going, going, going to go with Jenkins. Hey, so the group with their various halls, Graves is satisfied with what he has, um, head out of that particular store towards the nightclub. The nightclub itself, well, it's got a, some kind of a, kind of a neon, uh, slightly purple facade, and inside is a kind of a tiered setup of various different tables leading down towards a stage where the main bar is located. There's a few booths in various alcoves where people are um, presently engaged in hushed conversation, boisterous conversation, and general merrymaking and deal-making. There is a small dance troupe at the top of the stage, and the group is able to kind of just get a general feel for the vibe of the place. It's kind of where you go if you want to do something if no one's really paying attention to what you're doing. Uh, Rick T will try to... Um... Subtly scanned for any like access ports or any computer systems that could be tapped into. So you do have access, like there is a remote network here, that rather than like physical computer oh. taps because they are you know not you know they they are moved beyond analog technology, and um Rick can try to access the network directly or um. See if anyone around looks like they might know a little bit more. So you can try to go for the personnel route for Intel or the uh, station or the hacking route. I'll just check my my character sheet a bit more. I don't know what. Yeah, I think he'll go the um, the hacking route a bit. Uh, do we have any momentum, by the way? Uh, we haven't really done much rolls, so I'm gonna say. Uh, yeah, we do not have momentum at present. Okay. Um, well, uh, Rick will just try and uh, gain access to the, the wireless system. Uh, just sort of start by initial, you know, just sort of trying to understand what the protocols and systems are and then uh, progressing from there. All right. Um, yeah, give me a uh, control engineering role. Must be careful. 
Actually, inside engineering. Well, that works too. Two successes. Um, let's see. You're able to access the um, the network, but you find that it's incredibly open, and basically, you know, your 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 interface is kind of dumped into a series of chat rooms. Let's say. And there's also additional data repositories. There's just this sort of like this big amalgamation of network stuff here that people are very, very able to access. You quickly realize that the nightclub itself is just kind of that physical front to this digital space. That for whatever deals are being talked about in this space or whatever schemes are being worked up, it's also communicating across this space as well with broadly, uh, with apparently no oversight. All right, can I check any kind of history in terms of uh, chat logs or... Um, yeah, so I'm going to... Yeah, you're going to have to do another roll for this. I'm going to spend four threat. And this was this is going to be for, like, a, for finding the chat logs. It's a reason engineering. Okay. I wasn't planning on this being a two-parter, but we're going to have to make it a two-parter. Three... Three successes. Damn it. Okay. So you're able to scroll through the various chat logs, which is a lot of kind of unintelligible business. People you don't know trading things that don't seem terribly familiar to other people you don't know. So there isn't a whole lot of information to gain there. You try correlating this with basically trying to do a keyword search. So you're searching for, okay, is anyone selling for Gmail? Is anyone selling Duranium? And you do find some contacts there. You do find people who are moving this stuff around. Narrowing it down to the window for when the Ferengi mission to the station took place based on their logs that have been provided to you. Um, you're able to even just narrow down to a particular set of people that are able to... Um, uh, that facilitated these exchanges. One is a Ferengi trader, but then again, you have a bunch of names that you don't know. One of the people that kind of played this a sort of an observer role in the in, in the chat, who was basically logged in at that particular time in that particular room, but didn't participate directly, is a man called Grofus, and that's simply what you know him as. All right. Well, I will um, take a note of that and quietly inform everyone of what I found so far. So you inform the group, and Graves says, "All right." Sounds reasonable enough, so let's... And at that moment, the away team is transported... That part of the away team is transported away. And with that, we're going to call it. Wait, what happened? Uh, they got transported. They, they accessed the terminal. Well, we don't know yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is called a cliffhanger. Yes, it's a two-parter, uh, unless the other team wants to take care of anything real quick. Do you want to play it through a scene, or do we just want to call it here? I'm good. I'm tired. Okay, so this has been the first part of this episode, and uh, this is kind of based on my Foundry mission, Foundry uh, Faded Horizon, but I've mixed it up a whole lot, so we can call it a different thing. But anyway, uh, thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, we hope you enjoyed things, and we'll be back with part two in this in a couple of weeks here. Like to thank all my uh, fellow players. Like to thank you. And if you have any feedback, comments, or fan art, of course we have an email, reliant at starbaseucc.com. Hopefully we should also have some fun uh, guest spots coming up soon with additional missions inspired by Foundry content. With that, we'd like to say good night and bye-bye now. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. Bye. Hasty little bye-bye.